Inflation worries take over the market. Stimulus on the way. And is Redfin a buy? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And my, oh my, the markets are, well, they're mixed today with the Dow Jones up 159 points, NASDAQ down 28 points, the S&P 500 up 10 points, the Rust 2K down 8, up 18 points, and the VIX down 0.48%. So what is going on with the markets today? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's a mix of a whole bunch of just everything Put, I would say, just together. So first off, you have COVID-19 numbers rapidly dropping, moving to the downside in a way that we have not seen since the, I would say, um, middle of the pandemic when there was kind of a lull in cases, and then they skyrocketed back up, and now they are falling um, once again, which is amazing news. So the reopening trade really likes that. Now, on top of that, what we are getting is inflation worries, big investors being worried about inflation. Now, um, I have noted several times, in fact, I was very worried about inflation a few months ago, and I wrote an article on the worries um, about the market and the risk of the market. You can go see that under the analysis opinion section on runningwithamoney.com. Um, and I threw out you know, some, some of the risk, and inflation was one of them. And I said, if the country continues to print at this rate, um, and if the country continues um, to distribute more and more money into the economy, more and more dollars, inflation is going to be a major worry and it is not going to be good. And well, now everyone is getting extremely worried about inflation. So now we're starting to see an inflation trade. We're starting to see inflows into sectors in names and ETFs that do well um, under high inflationary environments. And then we are also starting to see selling in areas that don't do well in inflation and technology growth, more growthier names uh, fits the bill for the selling in this market. Now, on top of all of the inflation worries, I would preface the overall market with, you know, this is also just a cool off on top of that. So I don't think it's all inflation worries and all reopening trade um, causing this selling in the high flying tech names that we've been seeing. Um, But I am not really surprised given that these names have run an immense amount. I mean, some of these names have run 50% in just the past month and a cool off, maybe a 10% cool off um, isn't really that big of a deal. If you take a look at the indexes, for instance, the Dow Jones Industrial, people are talking and they were all worried that this was a huge correction. Well, in the past five days, the Dow Jones isn't down at all. In fact, it's up 0.12%. The NASDAQ in the past few days is only down 4%. Um, It's hardly even down 5%. I wouldn't necessarily call this a correction. I would just call this, you know, some selling, um, some momentary selling at this point. And then also you take a look at the S&P 500. It's only down a percent in the past five days. And the Rust 2K is, um, yeah, down 0.16% in the last five days. So I don't consider this a big correction whatsoever. I just think we're seeing a lot of fluff being taken off the top of the tech market um, and is motivated by worries of inflation um, and Also, it's motivated by the recovery play. People want to put money um, in the reopening stocks because at the end of the day, the country is beginning to reopen and, you know, COVID-19 numbers moving rapidly to the downside is excellent news for that. So we're going to get into an inflation warning by investor Dan Niles, a big guy you guys should be watching. I always watch the big investors, see what they are saying, and he is one I follow. Very smart man. We're going to talk about him in a few minutes, but 
we have to get in to some of the biggest analyst calls of the day. And one of those analyst calls is, of course, uh, Square. Square reported earnings yesterday. Um, and I will be talking about earnings probably in a small Twitter thread, um, Square's earnings uh, to later today. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to preface on the show that, you know, Square's earnings were quite solid. I mean, they're quite remarkable. Very strong numbers that came out of Square. They bought more Bitcoin. The media really really liked that. Um, in fact, they loved that, uh, you know, and that was the main headline. I could hardly even find, um, their earnings themselves because all I could continue to find is these headlines about, you know, uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, they bought more Bitcoin. I mean, not even paying attention to the numbers, but if we take a look at square and their quarterly results, Revenue increased by 141% on a year-over-year basis. Um, Revenue, excluding Bitcoin, increased 23%, still solid. Transaction revenues increased 12%. Um, Subscription and services revenues increased 60%. Gross profit increased 52%. Cash app transactions revenue increased 234%. Cash app subscription and services revenue increased 113%. And then cash apps gross profit increased 162%. Um, so after going through all of that, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Square and I, I really do like the stock. Now taking a look at the stock right now, um, you know, it's at 244, it's down 11, it's selling off. It had a huge run up all the way up to 276 um, prior to earnings. So I'm not really surprised they had remarkable numbers and the stock is selling off because as we all know, earnings is a 50-50 shot. Either way, Wells Fargo downgraded Square today to equal weight from overweight. I don't necessarily agree with the call. I think Square has more upside after these earnings, but then you have the inflationary worries. And of course, Square is, you know, it's a technology name. Um, so there are a few worries here with Square, but at the same time, they're seeing remarkable growth. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens in the future. I noted on Twitter that if Square continues to fall, if Square falls to say 230, I'm a buyer. Um, I'll pick some up at 230. I think I'll let you know if I do, but I'll heavily consider a position if it falls below 230. That's kind of the level I'm targeting, but that is a uh, downgrade to definitely have on your mind and pay attention to when considering a position in Square. I do think it's a buy, um, especially if it continues to move to the downside. But another big call on the street today, Jeffrey's downgraded canopy growth to underperform from hold. Um, and you know, I kind of agree with this. Uh, the marijuana uh, cannabis industry, I'm starting to get a bit worried about when it comes to their stocks. Their stocks um, typically are high, high flyers, pump and dumps, we call them. They definitely move to the upside quickly and you can profit if you're a good trader. But as a long-term investment, I'm not sure until we get full-scale legalization on a federal basis. And then I'm still even worried because of the sheer amount of companies going after the market share in this industry. I fear it's going to be kind of um, similar to a fad. You know, you're going to see a lot of stores and a lot of websites and a lot of companies pop up in a very short amount of time. And, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be going after the same market. And then eventually, if you we're going to take grip and the rest are going to go out of business. Um, you know, it could be one of those scenarios, but I am watching the sector and industry. I am just, you know, I'm, I'm not as bullish as a lot of other people are on the industry until we get full-scale legalization, um, and we know that this is going to be legalized um, nationwide. Now, Rosenblatt raised its price target on Snap to 100 bucks per share from 70 I agree with this. Um, too many people think of Snap as just you know a failed social media company. I think Snapchat is much more than a social media company. They're a communication platform. A lot of people look at Snap and they're like, oh, well, there's not really much social aspect to it. No, there's not. Um, The aspect to it, in my opinion, mostly is the communication. Um, Everyone, uh, my age bracket and down, the preface, you know, I'm I'm 19, uh, 
use Snapchat as a main form of communication. And I think, gen, you know, generations behind me are going to continue to use Snapchat as a main form of communication. Um, it's a mix between photos, filters, AI filters, um, and then also text. And I think all of that combined is perfect going to into the future. And I think that Snapchat is going to continue to be a main form of communication um, more than anything. Uh, so that is just my simple opinion on Snapchat. And I think the app continues to grow. Now, it's time to shift into, um, well, probably the biggest headline of the day, and that is investor Dan Niles um, with a big tech warning. So this morning, um, Dan Niles was in a CNBC interview, um, and it was a very interesting interview to listen to. It was very interesting to hear what he had to say about inflation, rising rates, and overall just big tech and what he believes is going to happen to these high-flying technology names in the future. Um, and investor Dan Niles pretty much expects tech weakness to continue for for quite a while due to um, interest rates rising uh, and inflation throughout the next year. Um, he said, quote, with inflation picking up, interest rates going higher, which is what we expected, we thought that the tech sector would struggle and we believe that and we think it's probably going to get even more pronounced as we go through Throughout this year, you get more inflation and more concerns about valuations, which are at all time highs. And I completely agree with him on that. No, I think inflation is going to continue to get worse. Um, I think that the Fed's comments, uh, you know, are pretty much just there the calm investors. I think it's very similar and could be end up being very similar Um you know, to the situation uh, when it comes to like the social aspect of the Fed and investors that we saw prior to the 07, 08, 09 crash in the markets where prior to it, the Feds were like, everything is okay. We're not really worried about this and this and that. And then of course the housing market um, crashed and then in turn the stock market crashed. And I think you're going to see a very similar thing um, possibly with the Fed's relationship with investors is I think they are kind of somewhat hiding that inflation is a major worry um, in that inflation right now is looking quite bleak going into the future. And I think they're just trying to calm investors at this point. And I think they're somewhat lying to us, um, to be completely honest. Um, and it seems like, you know, you get two different sides. You get the Fed saying inflation's not a worry. And then you get major investors like Dan Niles saying, yeah, inflation and rising rates is a major worry. And we continue to see this. Um, and then he also went on to say, quote, it's like smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. You may have no problem for years, and then all of a sudden it catches up to you, and right now that's what we're trying to figure out with rates. Right around this level, when you're getting close to the S&P 5 S&P dividend yield is, which is about 1.5%, I think that things are going to get a lot more dicey. So, you know, inflation Rising rates is a major worry, and therefore, tech selling off is likely, um, and the continuation of a tech sell-off, I think, is also likely. I think you got to be very picky in this market with what stocks you pick going forward. This is a stock-picking market. The market changed entirely um, when COVID-19 entered, and I think it's going to continue to be a stock-picking market. I don't think you want to pick up a whole index, um, and I definitely do think that you can get some great tech names. For instance, I think Netflix is likely a stronger name. I think the Fang name are all very strong. I think you go with, um, you know, your your Google, your Amazon, and your Apple, and you know, I I just think you stick with the big dogs. A lot of these secondary major tech names, I think, could struggle. Um, I think they just mostly sell off to their extremely high valuations and incoming inflation, um, which is never good. Now. Stimulus is on the way, um, which also supports this, you know, this 
theory by a lot of investors that if the government continues to print, inflation is going to continue to get worse. House Democrats are looking to pass a $1.9 trillion COVID relief package this Friday, um, and the Senate is aiming to approve the package and get it to the president's desk by March 14th. Uh, So overall, I look at what is going on right now with stimulus, and if a $1.9 trillion package gets passed, I'm going to be even more worried about inflation, and I think a lot of other investors will too, which could even support more selling off, um, unlike what we saw in the past where we got a stimulus and the market went up on that news. I think we could potentially see a downside catalyst if stimulus gets passed due to the fact that it's going to further support the inflationary um circumstances in the future um in that thesis and that inflation could turn into hyperinflation in late 2021 to 2022 which would present major issues to the economy um now that is all i have headline wise but we're going to get into the individual name that we always go through we always go through an individual name if you're new to the show and we break it down and we're going to talk about redfin um now redfin is another digital real estate technology name um and it's one of those names that i absolutely love it's revolutionizing a market in a digital manner that has not been revolutionized quite yet now there are competitors in this space there's open door and there's zillow um and i figured let's check out redfin and you know overall see what's going on with all of them so i took a look at redfin and it's definitely smaller 9.2 billion dollar market cap is not as big as open door or zillow but that is not all bad you could be getting getting in early on you know a major major company in the future who knows but redfin is an up-and-coming residential real estate company in which operates a technology platform that gives customers the tools to buy and sell homes in a much more efficient and cost-effective manner in recent news redfin announced that the company is acquiring RentPath, another digital real estate company that owns apartmentguide.com and rentals.com for a total of $608 million. So an awesome acquisition right off the bat. And what this tells me is that management is very confident. They are confident in themselves, confident in the company, and they are confident in the market. And those things I really like. I like to see confidence in a management team um, and that typically uh, confidence breeds future success. And that is exactly what you want to see as an investor. Now, taking a look at RentPath itself, the company Redfin is acquiring. Um, The company maintains more than 20,000 apartment buildings on its websites and increased their traffic by 25% in 2020. Um, So I'd definitely like to see that. The company they're acquiring is also growing at quite a fast pace. And then on top of that, management is positive. They will boost Red uh, rent paths numbers. Taking a look, um, Redfin and their management team noted, quote, we can almost double that audience as one in five of Redfin's 40 plus million monthly visitors also wants to see homes for rent. Together with RentPath, we can create an online destination for every North American to find a home. CEO Glenn Kerman said. Now, I love it. I love to see that. I love to see that they are acquiring a company that's already growing and then that Redfin knows that their customers are already favoring a rent part of the digital of their digital real estate platform and that they can boost the acquired company's numbers almost instantly. I like to see that. Um, and that tells me that the company is going to be very successful the next few quarters after the acquisition. Now, throughout the past year, the digital revolution stocks, quote, 
um, have seen a major boost, and Redfin is no different, um, moving 178% to the upside in just the last year alone, leaving investors to wonder, investors like you and me, is Redfin still a buy? Well, first we have to dig into the earnings. Digging into the numbers, Redfin bit, uh, beat Q3 expectations uh, with an EPS of $0.30, cents, much better than the analyst consensus estimate of $0.25. Cents. Now, on a year-over-year basis, EPS improved 328.57%, which I definitely like to see, but on the downside, Revenues declined 1% um, and came in at $237 million for Q3. Not a huge fan of that, but on a positive note, Redfin delivered a solid gross profit of $93 million, much better than the $53 million in the previous same time 2019 uh, gross profit level. And that represents a 74% increase in gross profit on a year-over-year basis. So I'd definitely like to see that. Now, uh, net income also drastically improved uh, with net income totaling $34.2 million for Q3 2020. Um, and that is much better than the 2019 Q3 level of $6.8 million net income. So I definitely like to see that. Now, shifting into operating expenses, operating expenses obviously obviously increased. Um, the company still did quite well and the company is growing. So is it is expected that you see... Um, higher operating expenses as a company grows operating expenses are destined to grow as well um so operating expenses for q3 came in at 56 million dollars that's up 22 percent and represents 24 percent of revenues um so not terrible um and then as for market share redfin reported that the company reached 1.04 percent um market share in the u.s existing home sales market um and that Q3 market share level is a strong increase off of the of 0.08% um, since the Q3 2019 market share level. So I definitely like to see what is going on there. They're continually gaining market share, and that is something we should all be happy to, about as investors. Now, visitors also continue to grow on the Redfin, Redfin platform with uh, visitors increasing a strong 38% throughout Q3, which resulted in Redfin conducting 21,000 video tours throughout the quarter. So solid numbers across the board. Now, management was also upbeat about the quarter. Um, quote, Redfin's increasing share of North America's online real estate audience, coupled with a strong housing market, has generated demand faster than we can recruit agents, lenders, and partners, uh, CEO Kellerman said. I love to see it. I look at all of that. And I am very happy. Why am I very happy? Well, first off, the real estate market is booming, which is excellent. Um, but on top of that, you know, they are growing at a rate in which they can't even keep up with business. And that is something I like to see. That shows me plenty of demand is there and that all management has to do is, you know, get back with the pace and start hiring more agents, man. Um, so I definitely love to see what is going on there. Um, that tells me there is a lot of demand and that makes me excited about the future, especially if management can continue to grow at the same pace that uh, demand is coming in. Now, uh, when it comes to guidance, management is bullish, expecting Q4 revenues to land within a range of $226 million to $233 million, along with a net income between $2 and $5 million. And that net income is a lot better than the negative net income that they had in Q4 2019. So solid numbers there. Now on the balance sheet, the numbers are solid. Total debt, $180 million. Total liabilities, $323 million. But total assets, $763 million. And cash short-term investments of $501 million. So not bad. 
on a valuation basis. Uh, Redfin does trade at a premium with a price to sales right around 10 times, a price to book just around 23 times, and a price to cash flow around 67-ish times. Um, so that, uh, you know, it does trade at a premium. A lot of these names trade at a premium. And as I said, um, due to these inflation worries, the market could come down. But at the same time, um, typically inflation is actually quite friendly to the real estate market. Um, so, you know, you, you might get an adverse reaction in these digital um, real estate names. Who knows? Now, management has done a solid job, but could be more effective with a return on equity of negative 11.86%, a return on assets of negative 5.95%, and a return on invested capital of negative 8.07%. Now, given the numbers, uh, overall, the analysts are bearish, unfortunately, with a mean price target of 74.40. Um, and, you know, that represents a downside of negative 17.97%. Uh, it, but on the flip side, it's also important to note that the high price target is 86 bucks a share. That's roughly a negative 5% loss. Um, and the low price target is negative 65 bucks a share, which represents roughly a negative 28% loss. Um, so overall, the analysts are quite bearish on Redfin. And unfortunately, I'm guessing um, they see a lot of headwinds for Redfin. Redfin gaining more market share, given that there's already two major players that are much bigger than them, Open Door and Zillow in the space. Um, who knows? Maybe there's room for three. I think there is. And then also, the big money is quite involved with 88.06% of Redfin being owned by institutions. Top players include the Vanguard Group, Durable, Capital Partners, and Bailey Gift & Co. Um, so overall, I'm bullish on Redfin. In short, Redfin is a solid company with continual growth, a strong management team, and plenty of market share to grow into. Redfin is a solid long-term investment based on its fundamentals and will likely be a leader in the real estate technology space in the years to come. So I definitely like uh, what I saw in Redfin. I liked the earnings. They beat expectations. They delivered a solid EPS, solid gross profit, and solid net income, all of which I'd like to see. Um, there is a growing real estate market. They gain a market share, um, and I think they're going to continue to be successful, especially with that new acquisition, which brings in a whole entire rental aspect to their platform. Love to see it. Now, shifting into the watch list, um, as always. Now, taking a look at the overall market today, what I see is the fang names down. So I see Apple down, Amazon down, Facebook down, Google down, NVIDIA down, Netflix actually green. So mixed fang. Um, I do like Amazon. I think you buy Amazon here. I wouldn't call that all, you know, it's an e-com name, but at the same time, um, it's starting to become just as important as I would say, you know, like a Walmart. Um, so I definitely do think Amazon has a bright future. I think the company is going to continue to grow at a very fast rate, and I do believe uh, you can uh, pick up some Amazon at its current price point. Also, taking a look, uh, Apple down 1.04%. Um, taking a look at Apple, disclaimer, it is a holding of mine. This stock is way off its highs of 143. It's been absolutely tumbling. It's all the way back down to levels we saw, I would say, right, right around the first of the year, right around the 120 mark. Um, so if it goes below 120, I think you buy more of it. Uh, also, Disney up 1.15%. People wondering if Disney is still by this. Also holding in mind, it's about to break 200 bucks a share. Um, I am not adding to the position at the moment. It has just moved heavily to the upside recently. I think you'll likely get a pullback in the coming days, possibly right back to previous breakout levels right around 190. Um, so that is something to pay attention to. The bank's very hot. Wells Fargo continues to be my uh, favorite in the space. It is a recovery play within the banks. It's a comeback play. It's an underdog. And I definitely do think that it's going to continue to move to the upside. The banks are also hot. Um, and that's the thing. It's almost too late to get in on the reopening play. It's very hard to find opportunities in the reopening plays right now because now those are starting 
to get real hot, um, given that money is going back into those due to rising inflation, of course, and COVID-19 numbers decreasing. Um, so it's definitely very hard to get into those because people have already shifted a majority in. So if you're looking for deals and the recovery names, it's going to be very hard to find them. Now, the defensive names, the healthcare names, um, those are not doing bad. Uh, J&J, you know, green today, AbbVie green, Bristol-Myers green today. I like Bristol-Myers, J&J, and AbbVie. Those are three of my favorites. Um, if I was to pick two healthcare names that I really like and I think you can buy right now, it'd be uh, AbbVie and Bristol-Myers. I like them both. Uh, now, Aerospace. We have to talk about aerospace. Um, I really do like Boeing. Boeing moving way to the upside today. It's another one of my holdings up 12 points right now. I think Boeing continues to move higher. Also, Boeing is in that pack where, you know, inflation is not really going to be um, harmful to Boeing. So I do like that, uh, you know, a majority of my holdings. And I hope, you know, I think you should start looking for um, a majority of your holdings, you know, probably a 50% of them to be inflation friendly because I think inflation could be a major worry in the future. And I continue to push my worry of inflation. Um, I'll, I'll continue to talk about it every show because it definitely is, in my opinion, a major risk to the U.S. economy and therefore the U.S. stock market. Um, but that is the show today. Also, look at the semiconductors. AMD down right now. I think you buy AMD. I've been adding to it. Excellent stock to take a look at. Watch Square and watch PayPal. Both, I would say, the two best fintech plays in the game, and they're both selling off today. So definitely pay attention to those. Thank you for listening to the Running With The Money podcast. I will be back on Friday with another episode of the show per usual. If you have any questions about anything we talked about in the show today or any stock in the market, anything about the markets, at me on Twitter, comment on any of my Twitter posts. I am always on Twitter and always trying to ask questions or send me a DM. I get so many DMs, it's hard to keep track. Um, So definitely, you'll probably catch me and it's easier to communicate with me. If you comment on one of my posts, I'll respond then. Thank you for listening to the show once again. Also, check out Passive.com. It's an awesome uh, investing platform in which simplifies everything for you as an investor, check it out, passive.com. Either way, easily profit, trade on, and I will see you Friday.